Welcome to Winning the World for Christ, a Christ Church Way of the Cross podcast with Bishop Ronald Frazier. Christ Church proudly celebrates 20 years of ministry and service to God. Now, here's Bishop Frazier with today's message. It's time to pray. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse number 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God and the order of his course according to the customs of the priest's office his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord And the whole multitude of the people was praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is an interesting passage of scripture, I know. It's a familiar passage, but I want you to go back and just look at it again. Verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people was praying without at the time of incense. And the whole multitude of people was praying without at the time of incense. I just want to use this subject. It's time to pray. Father, speak to our heart the words of life. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, and we'll praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Zacharias the priest is doing his job. He's ministering before God. And yet, there have been prayers he has put up before God. Years and years and years have gone by. No answer. At some point, he had to experience frustration, 
burnout, depression, you know, those low, low, low seasons. God, I've asked you for it. You didn't do it. Okay, I'm mad with you. Okay, I'm over being mad with you. I just resolve in my spirit that whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen, and I let it go. It's amazing when you get to that point. Why? Let me flip it. Because prayer is asking, seeking, trying to figure out the will of God for your circumstance, for your situation. Another way of putting it, prayer is negotiating with God. Bartering, bargaining. Lord, if you do this, I will do that. Do you see it? Elizabeth is barren. We don't have any children. You give us a child. This is what we would do in return. Okay. Negotiating. Bartering. Bargaining with God. But true prayer is yielding to the will of God for your life. And that's something. When you can get to that point where you say, nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. Zacharias realized, I've asked God for this child. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue to minister before the Lord. They pull lots. That's like pulling straws. Guess what? It's your time to come minister. He's doing what he normally do. Look at the scripture. Verse 5. It identifies him. Days of Herod, the king of Judea. Zacharias, his wife was Elizabeth, daughter of Aaron. Elizabeth, we know Aaron is in that priesthood. They were both righteous before God. Zacharias didn't have what he needed, and it wasn't because sin was in his life. Verse 6 said, his wife was righteous, he was righteous. Being righteous don't stop you. Or guarantee that you're going to get the things that you want. Am I making sense? Trouble will come to the righteous as well as the unrighteous. Another way of putting it, he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. They live Blamelessly, all the rules and regulations of the Lord. They kept all of his commandments and they had no child. Looked like they would have been mad with God, frustrated with God. Well, they got over that. They were, but they got over it. And I'm reading into my text. (laughs) They had issues with God and they did and they got over it. What are you trying to say? When the Lord don't do the thing that you want him to do, when you wanted him to do it, after you go through your little pity party, get over it. Come on, come on. And go on and serve the Lord. Zacharias began to go on and do what he was supposed to do. And notice verse 8 says, and it came to pass. Ha! Whatever you're going through, it's here. But guess what? It came to pass. It's seasonal. It's temporary. That discomfort, that pain, it's seasonal. 
Now, sometimes we want to hasten it along, but after it's run its course, it's going to be all right. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the customs of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense. He went into the temple of the Lord. And while he's going in the temple of the Lord to offer up the incense, remember when our prayers go up before the Lord as a sweet-smelling savor, as an incense? We want our prayers to go up before the Lord. He's on the inside of the temple offering up incense. What are the people doing on the outside? And the whole multitude of people was praying without. He's inside offering up incense, and the people are outside praying. When you're doing the things that God wants you to do, while you are doing that, somebody on the outside is praying for you. We flip it. We often say, oh, somebody inside is praying for me. Somebody I can see is praying for me. Well, you're inside the temple. You're doing your work. You're offering the incense. And while you're doing what you're supposed to do, somebody is calling your name before God. Somebody said, Lord, do it for them. God, give them a miracle. Give them a breakthrough. You're not even praying for yourself at this point. You're offering the incense for the people. And while you're offering the incense for the people, somebody is calling your name out in prayer. Has somebody ever called you and said, you know, I was just thinking about you. I had calls from all over the country. Folks said, you know, Pastor Frazier, your name came across my mind and I'm just calling you. How are you? Somebody is praying for you. And what makes it strange, sometimes you don't even know the person that you're praying for. Lord, save that soul that's near as hell. That saint that's going through and feel like giving up. Bless them. They're praying. And while they're praying on the outside, don't underestimate the power of prayer. I know I used to teach that prayer was ask, seek, knock. Remember that? Ask, A, seek, S, knock, K, A-S-K, ask. Well, after you ask and you seek and you knock, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep seeking God's face. Zacharias got up. He was doing what he was supposed to do. And while he was in the temple, (laughs) verse 11, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord. First of all, the angel took on the form of a man. Normally that's how they appeared. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense, all of a sudden, Zacharias is in this place in the temple where he's burning incense, and no one else is supposed to be in there. So when he sees the angel or this man as he appears, his first reaction is fear. He's startled because he knows one of us is going to die. You're not supposed to be here. This is supposed to be a quiet place. I'm supposed to be in here by myself. Offering the sacrifice. Remember when 
the priests in the Old Testament went into the temple, went to offer that sacrifice, how they hit the rope around him. And they had the bells and the pomegranate around his robe. So when he moved, we could hear the bells. And if we didn't hear the bells, we had to. No, we couldn't send Minister Burroughs. We couldn't send Dr. Jones to go get him. No, we, if he's dead behind that holy place, we just had to pull him out. Okay, you know. And so Zacharias knew the Old Testament. No one else is supposed to be here. And this is what I like about God. When God is ready to work in your behalf, he'll break protocol. He'll show up in some strange places. He'll make himself known, and he doesn't even have the proper ID badge to pass security. How did you get in here anyway? He knows how to speak to you so that you'll know this is God sending me a word. Nobody knew that but God. And Zacharias, look up, and all of a sudden, you can see the fear. He's troubled. Fear fell upon him. He was startled. And the angel said unto him, fear not, get rid of your fear. For thy prayer is heard. Woo! Don't be afraid, because God heard your prayer. You have not been asking in vain. You have not been praying in vain. It's been a long time coming. But God heard your prayer. Look who he is. Verse 11, he's identifying himself. The angel appeared unto him, standing on the right side of the altar. He appears. Zacharias saw him. Zacharias troubled. The angel said, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Oh, Jesus. Wait a minute, I don't get it. There's the angel from God standing beside me, talking to me, giving me instructions, instructing me. He's telling me what to do. The angel is telling me my future. Do you see it? Who is this person? How do you have all this information about me anyway? You better identify yourself. Okay, I'm going to have this child. I'm going to call his name John. I shall have joy and gladness, verse 14. He won't rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He's going to have the favor of God upon him. You're not just going to have a child. You're going to have a child that God's favor is upon. He shall be great in the sight of God, verse 15. He's going to be a Nazarite. He's going to take that vow. He's not going to drink wine or strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Okay. Wait a minute. Too much things are happening. You're giving me too much information. You're telling me I'm going to have a son. That's overwhelming. You're telling me he's going to have the favor of God upon him. You said he's not going to drink any wine or strong drinks. He's going to take the Nazarite vow. And then you tell me his ministry, his destiny, his future. Verse 16, many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. 
The Jews rejected Jesus. But John the Baptist is going to cause people to turn to Jesus. Okay, how will he minister? Verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias. This is important because when you look at Malachi, Malachi is that last book of the Bible, and how it ends, Malachi prophesies that before the Messiah would come, Elijah would come. Malachi 4 and verse 5. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I am sending unto you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great day of Yahweh to precede the event of this grand day when Jehovah comes, I am sending you Elijah. They knew the prophecy from Malachi. And what the angel is telling him, you are going to birth the one that will operate in the spirit of Elijah. You've got to unpack this prayer. I have been asking God for something for a long time. At some point, I put it on the back burner, and I moved on. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? I went on and ministered to the Lord and did the things that God required of me to do. And while standing in the temple offering the incense, the angel of the Lord comes in and begins to talk to me, begins to speak to me giving me instructions concerning the thing I had asked God for a long time ago. Telling me the future of the child that is going to be birthed through me. Do you see it? Let's go a little further. Okay, I hear what you're saying. He's going to turn the hearts, verse 17, of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And I should have read that other part of Malachi. That closing verse in Malachi chapter 4 again. Verse 6. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. And the heart of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth. With a curse. That's Elijah. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Verse 6. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So now John the Baptist is going to operate and the spirit of Elijah that's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. Do you see the turning that's taking place? I'm telling you that that thing that you had asked God for, that's been a long time coming, when it finally gets here, has a purpose, has a mission has a destiny. Oh, God. 
But I gave up on praying for that. I stopped even asking. I done moved on. But God has not forgotten. He has not forsaken you. Are you with me? My prayer life have shifted. Yes, you have shifted. But God heard your prayer a long time ago. And now the angel Gabriel is standing in my presence. And he's telling me all these great things that's going to happen. Verse 18. And Zachariah said unto the angel, excuse me, there's a problem. Whereby shall I know this? How can I be sure of this? How can I know that? I feel like I'm dreaming. For I am old. And my wife, she's older. She's well stricken. (laughs) And yeah, okay. I still got a little game in me left. But her, not going to happen. Are you listening to what he's trying to say? So help me to understand. Do I understand you to say that we're going to have a child? It's over. If you had come a few years earlier, possibly. Are you with me? But don't you know God has a habit of showing up late? Where's Lazarus? He's the last one to come on the scene. But he's only doing what we do to him. We try everything else. And then we try Jesus. Okay, since you put me last on the list, okay, fine. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel. You better know who you are. You're a child of God. Look at the calling card. I am Oh, Jesus. Moses on the mountain, the bush burning. Moses asked God, and who should I tell him send me? I am. When you're dealing with the I am, he can work miracles. I work for the I am. My God. Come on, come on. What are you talking about? I am Gabriel. I'm the angel with a message. That when God sends Gabriel to you, Gabriel has a message from God for you. I'm the FedEx man. I'm the UPS man. Do you see it? I am Gabriel. What? What do you mean? I stand in the presence of God. I'm God's armor bearer. I stand in the presence of God. So that when God gives me a message, I take that message to the person that God has destined and designated the message to go to. Oh, God, help me preach this thing. You send up your prayers. God, hear your prayers. And when he's ready, he dispatches an angel to bring the answer down to you. Do you see it? Okay, let me try it this way. It's a long way. My prayers go up. It reaches God. God gets it. And God has to send me an answer back. Ooh, Jesus. Long ways to heaven. <laughs> a long ways to the presence of God. And then from the presence of God back to me, a long way to go. I'm praying, my prayers got to go up to heaven, get to God. God got to deal with it and send me my answer back. It takes God a long time 
to hear my prayer going up, to think about how he's going to deal with my prayer and then send me my answer back. Oh, God. Do you see it? That's the way we feel sometimes. But don't you know, he knows the thought that he had towards us, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give us an expected end. Don't you know, before the words, according to Psalms 139, are formed in our mouth, he knows it low altogether. Before I can get my thoughts together, he knows the thoughts before they even come into my mind. Well, yet the enemy tells me, God got your prayers all mixed up and handed up. He got your blessing on hold. No, he knows what to do. So the angel, he's leaving God's presence. He's coming to you. He's speaking to you. He's instructing you what to do. And he's telling you your future. The blessing is coming. My miracle is coming. Look at the prophecy. And the angel answered and said unto him, I'm Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent not for gain, but to speak unto thee and to show you glad tidings. I'm going to show you some good news. God could have sent Michael, but when he dispatches Michael, it's for war. Are you with me? And what Zacharias needed right at this point wasn't a fighting answer. He didn't need a warfare. He needed a word from the Lord. And sometimes you don't need to fight. You don't need a fighting answer. You just need a word from the Lord. You just need God to speak to my heart and give me direction. Because that word from the Lord will give you peace in the midst of a storm. The word from the Lord will will soothe the fears and doubts in your heart. The word from the Lord, better than food, is something that you can chew on. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. The word from the Lord will comfort you. Oh, God. And it will take you through. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, my voice is coming back, but just don't, don't, don't focus there. I'm all right. Just don't focus there. But if you just can get that word from the Lord. Come on, Come on, One moment I'm miserable. But God sends me a word. And there's a peace that passeth all understanding. I don't even understand how I can go through the very things that I'm going through. But it's only because God has sent me a healing word. And I receive it. And I'm walking around smiling. Don't you know they're going to fire you? But it's all right. Don't you know that so-and-so and and all this crazy stuff is going to happen in your life? That's all right. Because I had a little talk with Jesus. And he sent me a word that it was going to be all right. My situation haven't changed. My circumstances haven't changed. But something on the inside keeps telling me God is taking control. 
Oh God, help me, Jesus. Oh, my blessing is coming. But you know, here's the problem. He's speaking all this to me. But what's going to happen, it's only in seed form now. An apple tree is wonderful when I can see the apples and pull the apples and eat them. But guess what? It's going to all start from a seed. Plant a seed, give it time, let the tree grow, and you're going to reap the benefit of the apple tree. And I want to say that some of your prayers are like seeds and a tree that you're going to get the fruit. But in this particular case, his prayer was for a baby. And really, if we stop and examine it, the baby is not born, but yet we already know his name. We already know his, that what he's going to eat, his diet. Do you see? <laughs> we know what he's going to do. Turn the hearts of the children to the fathers, the fathers to the children. We know the spirit that he's going to operate in the spirit of Elijah. Are you with me? He's going to turn many to the Lord, their God. We know all of this information, and I don't even have the baby in my hand. It's different if I'm standing here christening the baby and you're telling me all that, but the baby is not here. Saying sometimes God's going to speak a word. And that word's going to seem so dumb and stupid because of what you don't have or what you don't possess or what you don't see. But don't doubt him. Don't disbelieve it because you don't see it. I don't see the radio waves flowing through this place. I don't see the waves that connect us to the TV in this place. But if I had the TV or the radio and I plucked it up, I can receive it. Let me say it this way. The thing that God is going to give you is small now, but later on it's going to grow. Small now versus later being big. Don't despise the day. Of small beginnings. Oh, Jesus. Things God is birthing in your spirit, businesses and desires. It seems small. It seems like it's not going to happen. But you've got to learn to counteract that and say, but God. Not seen yet versus manifested. There's some things not seen. But in time, it will be, it shall be, it must be manifested. John wasn't seen on this side, but look at the life of Jesus. It was manifested. The promise versus the possession. He promised us this, but I don't possess it. It's just a promise versus reality. God said it, and you can bank on his word. He will perform it. He's going to hasten to perform it. Let me say it another way. It's an idea. Or this concept. Versus the ideal that I'm holding in my hand. Oh, Jesus. Okay, all these thoughts have gone in my mind. Verse 20 says, and behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things be performed. Why? Because thou, great man of God, great woman of God, believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled when? 
there's a season for God's word to be fulfilled in your life. And if you're not careful, you can put your crazy mouth on it and talk your way out of a miracle, out of a blessing, out of what God is able to do. So instead of you talking your way out of it, my lips are sealed. He'll shut it down, shut it down, zip. And there are some things God's going to do for you that you can't talk about. You just got to say, wait and see. Nine months from now, the conversation that we had in the temple is going to be revealed. Because what God has for me, it's for me. It's seasonal. And I want to just talk about the season, if you allow me. We're in winter now. We're in a dead season. And Zacharias, when God prophesied to him, was in a dead season. Looked like what should have happened, could have happened, because that season of life had passed. He was now in the winter of his life. And for someone, because opportunity had passed you by, you're in a dead season. But God is the God of the winter of your life. And he can get hold of the winter season. And before you know it, he can make a transformation of the season. And you thought you were in winter. And here comes spring. Spring it up. And into your summer and into your harvest. Don't you know there are times when I get out here and I'm thinking, is this winter? Seven degrees? Is this fall? I'm mixed up. We used to say the animals are confused and don't know what season we're in. God can change your season. Because what he promised him was nine months away. This seasonal blessing, this breakthrough. I'm amazed that when we get into the season around Thanksgiving, how they talk about Black Friday. Stores open at 12 a.m. Black Friday. You can come in as early as 4 o'clock in the morning. Black Friday. We got a 5 o'clock a.m. special. Black Friday. It's that season. Oh, God. Well, somebody have just stepped into your season. Your season of miracle. Your season of deliverance. Your season of breakthrough. He began to doubt. How do we know he doubted? Because his mouth was shut up. And the people that was outside praying waited for Zacharias. They waited and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. It doesn't take you that long to burn incense. Get hold of the rope. Jag the ropes. Check the ropes, fella. Something is wrong. It should not take you that long to go in, do what you need to do, and come out. But when God has a word for you, you may have to stay a little while longer. And folks are going to marvel because when they look at you, they expect you to be dead. They expect you not to survive. They expect you to go under. But just keep watching. Remember Paul was bitten by the serpent? And the people watched him expecting to wither up and die? And said, oh, he didn't die, so maybe he's a god. Now they want to worship him. No, just watch, because when God's finished dealing with me, 
when God's finished taking me through to what I must go through, God's going to get some glory out of this mess. God's going to get some glory out of this circumstances. When God's finished with me, God's going to get all the glory. And all the praise. Yeah, I'm done. I can't talk about it right now, but God's going to get some glory. And for someone who's going through your season, God's going to get some glory out of what you're going through. They waited. They marveled. Just wait and marvel. And when he finally came out, verse 22, I can imagine Elizabeth ran up to him and said, boy, what took you so long? I don't get it. Dinner's cold. And he will say nothing. Uh Why? He could not speak. And there's some things God's going to speak to you about that you can't tell nobody. You just got to ponder it in your heart and know that God said it. It was a word from the Lord for me. It was the reassurance that I needed. And now my mouth is sealed. And they perceive that he had seen a vision in the temple. Did he see a vision in the temple or did he see an angel in the temple or did he meet God in the temple? You can perceive and try to figure out what it was, whether it was a vision, whether it was an angel, whether it was a dream, whether it was God. I met, I just got a word from the Lord. I got what I needed. I needed to hear from God and God spoke to me. And God gave me a word. And I hear the Holy Spirit telling me, saints, listen to the voice of God. He's going to calculate your next move. He's going to tell you what you need to do next. And if you obey what he tells you to do next, you're going to be in your season of miracle. But if you miss the voice of God and not do what he tell you to do, you're going to sidestep your blessing. God, I don't want to have regret over my face because I didn't listen to your voice. But I want to hear your voice. And I just ask, Lord, that when you speak, let me know it's you. Okay. And for some smarty, you're saying, I don't see an angel. I don't see no angel. How God's going to speak to me? Well, for the angel of this house, he's sent you a word. And he that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the church. I don't get it. The angel of this house have sent you a word from the Lord. And the word from the Lord is stop and listen to hear God recalculate your next move. What he tells you to do, do it. Was that difficult? Because the time, it's time to pray. Oh, God, he comes out. Mm Mm-hmm. His time of service is over. Verse 24. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. She hid herself five months, saying, Thus have the Lord dealt with me in the days Wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach from among men. Zacharias went back home. But he went back home and did more than say praise the Lord. Don't make me go ABCs on you. (laughs) Are you listening? Okay, maybe I have to do that later. 
Well, let's make it plain. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God unto Nazareth. Okay, well, the angel's gone on on, doing something else. <laughs> he goes home. He takes care of his business. Dumbfounded, God begins to speak. God deals with Elizabeth. And we know how the story unfolds. God birthed John the Baptist. And when John is born, everybody have their mouth on it. What name shall this child be called? Zacharias, just like his father. Father named Zacharias, his name will be Zacharias. Elizabeth said his name is John. And all the family open up their mouth. There's nobody in your family named John. Wait, hold it. His name shall be called John. And when he was named, his father opened up his mouth and said his name shall be called John. And all the people looked at his father and said, wait a minute, he's been dumb for these last nine months. Ever since he came out of that time of prayer, he came out of the temple, he couldn't speak. But now all of a sudden, he's opening up his mouth. God has loosed his lips. Because he's got something to say. I was in the presence of the Lord. And God spoke to me. God gave me a word. And for somebody, God gave you a word this morning. He's telling you how to make your next move. Do I go to my left? Do I go to my right? You need to listen to God. And whatever he tell you to do, do it. Because if you do it, you're going to walk into your miracle. You're going to walk into your increase. You're going to walk into the favor of God. But, 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 no, no. Go on and talk. You understand what happened to Zacharias? Go on and talk. But, 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 how? God said, I'm ordering your steps. I'm directing your path. And even though you don't fully understand the how, the when, the where, the why, you understand this is from the Lord. It's the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous. You've just heard Bishop Ronald Frazier with a powerful message. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, feel free to drop by our website, www.christchurchinc.org. We're also on Facebook at Christ Church INC and Instagram at Christ underscore Church underscore INC. Winning the World for Christ was produced by Sando Savant Media. Music is provided by the O'Neill Brothers Group. You can find more of their wonderful music at www.oneillbrothersgroup.com. We thank you for listening to today's message and truly hope that it was a blessing to you. Tune in next week for another great word. Until then, have a blessed week.